0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message.
1: I remember one day my mom told me, she goes, Dan, I cannot wait until you get married.
0: And I I thought I knew what
1: she meant by that. Like I thought I, I knew what she's trying to communicate to me is like, you, you're, you're living differently, I'm living differently, you're getting older, it's time for you to move out and have your own way. Uh, we'll just part ways on the whole disgusting factor thing. That's what I thought she was trying to say to me. But what I didn't know until later in life, what I didn't know until I got married is what she was actually saying is if I can't fix you, she will. And I learned this to be true. It took not too long into my marriage. In fact, it was day one. <laughs> I remember the day I came home and, and I, I, I sat down. I was just excited about this new season of life. I sat down on the couch and I could kind of see because our apartment was so tiny. I mean, it was just nothing, little apartment. I could see from our couch like through the little hallway into our room where our hamper was in our room. And I pulled the shirt off and I had like basketball hooks up. Shot it in there, oh, just so close, but it missed. I was thinking, you know, I, I've never like, I'm just a short little white guy. You know, I've never tried to be a basketball player. And I was thinking it was a nice try. You know, I was, I was close, right? And, and I'm proud of myself. My wife, she she comes and sticks her sweet little head around the corner. And I'm thinking she's about to congratulate me on it, it was a good shot, good try, right? Because at least I was going for the hamper. And she looks at me. And then looks at the shirt and looks at the hamper and looks back at me, back to the shirt, back to the hamper. She goes, really? Do I look like your mom? And right then I I was thinking like, right now you don't look like my mom, but you sure sound like my mom. I didn't say it. I, I thought it, I thought it, but I didn't say it. See, I learned very quickly that things are about to change. When you move into a new season of life, things change. Uh, In fact, I learned very quickly with my beautiful new bride that if I wanted the benefits of living in a house with a woman who wanted to be in the same room with me and sleep in the same bed with me, there were some behaviors that were about to change in my life. And that is exactly where we pick the story up where Joshua chapter 5, the Israelites, they were moving from one season to another, and and things were about to change. Because in fact, they were in a limbo. They'd been in a limbo for 40 years. We see that they were in slavery And God delivered them out of slavery as a church. We talked about that and we studied how God sent Moses. He rose up a man and sent Moses to draw his people out of Egypt. And he brought them out of a season of being in bondage. And and now they find themselves in the season where they're, they're wandering through the wilderness. God always intended to bring them to the promised land. But because of their own inadequacies, because of their own problems in their mind without listening to God and believing that God could do what I, he actually said he could do they stopped short and they found themselves in the wilderness and now in this wilderness they they felt like they were in this limbo and God is saying okay it's time to move from from the wilderness finally into the promised land because he said he vowed to to not let the whole generation before go into the promised land but it was time now for God's people to come out of a place of just wandering and go into the place of promise. And and God is getting ready to move them in there. And in fact, I believe that all of us in this room have found ourselves in these different seasons, these different stages that the Israelites find themselves in. Because I think for every one of us, we found ourselves in a season of slavery in bondage. And it looks different for each of us, but there might have been something that you were struggling with that just had a hold of you. There might be someone in this room today that you feel like there's something in your life that just has a hold of you. And the good news is that when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon a place and when the Spirit of the Lord comes to mankind through Jesus Christ, we see that he said he came to set the captives free. So those of you today that You feel like you're stuck in slavery and I've got good news for you and that since Jesus is your God and Jesus is your Lord, he can set you free. That you can leave today different. You can leave with him transitioning you out of a season of slavery. And I think a lot of us, though, too, have found ourselves in a season where we feel like we're in the wilderness. Where we go, thank God I'm not in slavery. I'm not in the bondage I used to be in. I'm not in the relationships I used to be in. Thank God I'm not in the addictions I used to be in. But I don't feel like I'm where God actually wants me to go. Like, because there's no real abundance you know, John 10, 10, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And I don't feel like I'm really experiencing the fullness of life, he tells me. Like, there's no overflow. You know, like I'm happy sometimes, but then the rest of the time I find myself just searching. Like there's, like I'm missing something. Or or maybe it's, it's, I, I, could, I have enough to pay my bills now, but there's never any left over. And it's like I'm not experiencing the abundance that God talks about. I'm just barely getting by, and we find ourselves in like a wilderness stage. But God, I believe, is calling us to a promise. God, I believe, is calling us to to be possessors of the land, possessors of exactly the the dreams and the goals in his plan, and his kingdom for our city and for your family and for mine. And and God starts to talk to the people. He says, it's time now for your breakthrough. It's time to go into the promised land. It's time to finally possess it. But as soon as God gets them into the promised land, he's like, okay, stop, stop. You can't go any further until we address some things. In fact, you're not gonna be able to handle to go any further into my promise until we stop for a moment and go back to putting me first. And we see here, it says in verse 2 of Joshua 5, at that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise this second generation of Israelites. So Joshua made the flint knives and circumcised the entire male population of Israel at Gibeath, Araloth. And Joshua had to circumcise them because all the men who were old enough to fight in battle when they left Egypt had died in the wilderness. Those who left Egypt had been circumcised, but none of them born after the Exodus during the years in the wilderness had been circumcised. So, if you do the math on that, what that means is there's a group of men who are 40 years old who are uncircumcised. And, and he, Joshua says it's time for them to go back, to go back and to start where I made a covenant with you. And we'll get to that in a moment. And he said, The Israelites, verse 6, had traveled in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men were old enough to fight in battle. When they left, Egypt had died, for they had disobeyed the Lord. And the Lord vowed that he would not let them into the land that he swore to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. See, God brought them all the way to the promised land and said, I'm not going to take you any further until you get yourself right with me. It's like, I'm ready to give you the promise. I've been faithful to my word and I'm, I'm ready to do a work in your life. I'm ready to heal you. I'm ready to bless you. I'm ready to give you more. But first, like I can't give you something that you can't handle yet. I can't give you something that if I give it to you, you're going to lose it. So I, I need to make sure you're ready for it yet. And you're not going to be ready for it until we go back to that place where I'm first. We go back to that place where You get things right with me. So they knew that God expected them to be circumcised. It's not like God brings them all the way to the promised land and all of a sudden here's this big surprise. Wait, God, now you want us to do what? Like, this was no surprise to them. In fact, we see that, there was a covenant between God and his people. He said, I want you to be set apart. And one of the ways that they were to be set apart was physically to circumcise their male children so that there was a difference. And and God was showing this act of following me in obedience in the flesh is going to be significant to the the fact to show the world that you are in covenant with me. It sets you apart. It makes you different. And, And the Bible tells us that the entire time that the people were in the wilderness, they disobeyed God. They knew it was something that God expected them to do, and yet they disobeyed him. In fact, if I were to be honest, I could tell you there's a lot of times, I mean, on the good days, there's, there's times where I feel like God tells me something to do. I feel like he might express that there's a sin in my life I need to get rid of. There's something I need to change. And there are days when I feel like I go back and, and I apologize to God. I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. I want to get rid of this. And I, I, I want to be humble. I want to be right for you, with you. I want to be able to move forward. I don't want anything holding me back. So, God, I want to change this right now. But I can tell you, honestly, there are the other times. There are the times when I hear God telling me, there's this area in your life I, I, I want to work on. There's this area in your life. It's time for a change, and and to be honest, there's been a lot of times I've heard God say that, and I've just kind of thought, ah, like I don't know if I want to work on that right now. Well, I, I think that would be uncomfortable. I think it would be painful, and I I don't know I don't know if I really want to follow Jesus in that. Because after all, He's blessing me. Because I, I think that's where we get confused. Because I mean. You could be sitting there going, wait, pastor, are you saying for God to bless us, we have to like live perfect lives? For God to love us, we somehow have to, to not break any rules, not do anything wrong? And I'm absolutely not saying that because you can look into the fact that God is faithful to us. And he still loves us even though we have sin. And this story is a beautiful picture of that because the entire time the nation of Israel was wandering in the wilderness, we see God continued to bless them. He continued to lead them. He continued to provide. But but the whole time, they knew, the Israelites knew, there's something that God told us to do that we're just disobeying. There's something God said that that we needed to cut away, and we're not willing to cut it away. We're just going to do our own thing. And the truth is, they had good excuse. Because they didn't know where they were going to be the next day. And they're thinking, if I got this little boy and I, and I circumcise him and then we're moving tomorrow and there's dust everywhere, there could be infection. It would be all sorts of inconvenient. And I think a lot of times we, we, we think, you know what, that I've got good excuses why I can't do that. I can't obey God because of this problem. I can't obey God because it would be inconvenient over here. I can't obey God because that would really make things tight in my finances over here. I can't obey God because I just don't have the time to handle my health that way. It's like we have all of our different excuses, and really it just comes down to a matter of going, honestly, this is just kind of an inconvenience. And I think we can get confused sometimes because God is still faithful to his word. He's still faithful to his promise and he loves us. And the truth is we can be living a life where we have sin in it and God still blesses us. So we start to think, well, I'm okay. It's no big deal. And we can live a life where we're going, you know what, other people got laid off at work and I didn't get laid off at work and I still had that issue going on. So really I'm good. And, and, and we get confused sometimes by the fact that, that God is faithful. We think that that gives us the right to be unfaithful. And we think, well, if he still loves me even though I choose to not follow him in this one area of my life or this several areas of my life, then really I'm good, I'm fine. But, but what God says to his people is he says, we need to go back and we need to get to a place where you put me first and you remember that I am first because if I'm gonna take you to a new level, You can't handle the new level. You can't handle the new area of blessings. You can't carry your old pattern. You can't carry your old sin into a new level at the same time. He said, so I need you to go back. I need you to return to me. I need you to remember that first things are first, that it's all about a relationship with God, and then everything else comes second. So, I think we need to ask the question, what is circumcision? I can feel the tension. Every guy in here is like, let's not talk about this, please. Can we move on? (laughs) My kids are in this room, right? What is circumcision? Well, obviously, Old Testament, Old Covenant. We see it, it clearly was a physical procedure that set God's people apart. It was part of a covenant. It was part of a relationship with God. But what does it mean for you and I now? Circumcision very clearly is a cutting away of that which is unnecessary. It's a cutting away of the flesh. In fact, we see it's spoken about very clearly in the New Testament in Colossians. The Bible tells us in Colossians 2 verse 11 says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, cutting away of your sinful nature. So, there's a circumcision that each and every one of us, when when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He began cutting away our sinful nature. What does that mean? What is the sinful nature? Galatians five sixteen says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So God is saying, when you start a relationship with me, there's still this covenant act of a circumcision. It's not a physical procedure anymore. Now, very clearly, what we need to understand is it's a cutting away of our flesh, it's a cutting away of those things that that aren't necessary to where we're going. It's a cutting away of the things that that they were okay in one season but but they're not okay in the next season. in fact, I think it's a principle a lot of us can understand that there are certain things in life that we can carry with us that if we are going to a specific location it's not necessary for them to go there or they're going to weigh us down or hold us back we're not going to bring them with us i can remember a couple of years back amelie and i had the opportunity to take our little girls to uh, the beach for a vacation. And of course we're, we're mountain people, you know, we, we never go to the beach. So we didn't have any of the toys. And when we showed up at the beach and we saw all the other kids playing with toys and we didn't have any, we decided to take our girls to Walmart and we went and bought just bags full of little cheap toys, you know, like the sandcastle molds and the beach uh, balls and all that sort of stuff. And just fill up bags with all this beach stuff. And I remember when the vacation came to an end and and it was time to leave, our girls are stuffing all of this beach junk back into their bags, and they're putting their clothes out uh, on uh, on the floor and stuff. Like, I gotta my clothes don't need to come back with me. I certainly don't need this pair of shoes, but the sandcastle mode—that's what I need, right? And and I remember take, telling the girls, I'm like. Let's take all of this stuff and we're going to put it in these bags over here. The bags we bought them in, we're going to put it over here. And they they keep eyeing it and we pack their gear up and it's time to leave. And we're leaving with our suitcases and the girls go, wait, 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 what about our toys? What about our beach toys? And I had to teach my two little girls, they were young at the time, and said, listen, like, you don't understand. Like, there is no way your daddy is going to spend $100 on extra baggage to bring back beach toys to the mountains. That doesn't make any sense at all. It's not happening. All it's going to do is weigh me down, more stuff for me to carry through security, right? Don't want that, and I certainly don't want to spend the money. And I had to try to explain to my little daughters, listen, there are certain things you carry in life that all they're going to do is weigh you down, and they're going to cost you. And God is beginning to talk to his people. And he's saying, I want to move you into a promise. The things you've been praying for. The things you've been hoping for. I I, I want to give you the things that you've desired for so long, but first, you're carrying things with you that all they're going to do is weigh you down. All they're going to do is cost you. And for a lot of us in this room, we understand the cost of sin. For a lot of us in this room, we've experienced it firsthand. And I think for some of us, we could go, you know what? Sin has a cost. And we could... We could break it down to something as little as you know, a habit, the habit of smoking cigarettes or something, and go, okay, um, this costs me this amount of money every month. And you can just check it right there and see, in my finances, I have a cost of this. In my health, I have a cost of uncertainty. And And then we go, maybe there's something else in our life, like, like pornography or, 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 or some sort of lying or some sort of unfaithfulness in you. You start to look at that and you go, well, I've experienced something in my life maybe there, where I don't look at the cost on a financial level. I wish it was only a financial level because I know there are people in this room that, you know know what, I I was messing with something and it cost me my marriage. I was messing with something that God told me to get rid of and and it cost me my relationship with my kids. I was messing with something that God told me to get rid of and, and it cost me my respect for myself. See, all of our sin has great cost. And it also comes with great weight. See, there's in fact, there's a scripture here. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12, one, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. In a life where you're following Jesus and you're trying to move forward and you want to do what he wants you to do in life, you're saying, Get rid of every weight that's going to slow you down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. I heard one pastor say it this way, sin will always take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. And when I think about weight, I I think about the fact that like if we have a capacity as human beings. We can only carry so much. And the Bible talks about a weight of glory and the fact that we pray for things that in itself is gonna have weight. To be blessed is gonna have weight. If you, have, if you pray for more finances and God gives you more finances, there's more weight with that. If you pray for a business, he gives you business. There's more weight with that. You pray for kids and he gives you kids. There is more weight with that. And the Bible says, the sin that we carry with us, it has weight. So why would we try to walk through this life carrying something that we know is costing us and weighing us and slowing us down, and and we still go, God, I want you to give me more. I want you to give me the big stuff. Would you just hand me what I've been begging for, God, please? And God's going, if I give this to you, it's going to crush you. Like, I, can't, I, I love you too much to give you something that you can't handle. You never throw your keys to a little kid because they can't handle it. You, you don't let them drive the car because you know it's going to end in destruction. You go, first, way. you are not ready for this yet. And God is saying to his people, okay, we have got to go back and we have got to cut away the fleshly things because you can't walk into the promise if I am not first. You can't walk into the promise if there's still that area where you're serving something else and and you're really thinking right now about what that is. Because the truth is, I know that my job as a pastor is not to convict. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And I know when we meet in a room like this and we worship our God and we call out on the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit comes in and starts to speak to us. And I believe that right now for each one of us in this room, the Holy Spirit is starting to talk to you about something in your life that needs to be cut away. Something in your life that that is weighing you down, something in your life that's costing you so dearly. The Holy Spirit is saying, is saying, It's time to go back and get rid of this stuff. It's time to replace this junk in your life with me. So, why is it? Why is it we don't cut away these things? And the truth is, it's because cutting things away hurts. Let's be honest, it hurts. There are things that we get entangled with in our life and when we try to rip them away. It's like, it feels like I'm losing part of myself. It's like this deception that if I don't have that crutch to lean on, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. If I don't have this old MO of thinking about things in a negative way, if I don't have this this old lifestyle, this old habit that somehow I'm going to be hurt. And the truth is, the truth is circumcision hurts and it takes time to heal. There's a whole group of men here that they knew it was time for them to go back to God and it was time for them to be circumcised and the Bible says after all the males had been circumcised they rested in camp until they were healed. Circumcision takes time to heal. In fact, it's something that we need to understand. It's something a lot of you who have been through 12-step programs know is that you know sometimes we have good days and then sometimes we have bad days. There's some days where I feel like I got this under control. I'm doing all right. We're good. I'm all right. And then the very next day you're going, I feel like I, I want to return to that old thing. Like it, it hurts and it's like, that's why we need to understand. Anytime, and this is part of the healing process, anytime you take something out of your life, you have to replace it with something better. And when God tells us to take something out of our life, to cut something away, it, what's so great about our God is we see that he always offers us something better and it's not just a little bit better. It is worlds different better. And, and there's some of us here that we've, we've tried. We've tried to cut things away, but we haven't tried to replace it with anything else, so we go back. And that's why we've got to look and see that God wants us to replace the bad with the good on a very simple physical level. You go, you don't just say, I'm overweight, so I'm gonna stop eating. You have to replace the bad food and the bad habits with now I'm gonna eat good food and I'm gonna start exercising. You you don't just replace the bad relationship with no relationships. You'll be lonely and you'll be tempted. So you replace the bad relationships with, with a small group, with getting into a ministry group with people and serving with other people so you have good influences instead of bad. You see, every time God calls us to give something to him, there's an exchange that takes place. If he asks us to give our life to Jesus, he says, okay, I'll make an exchange with you. You give me your life, give your life to Jesus. You take that 70 years and I'm gonna trade you that 70 years for an eternal life. And you give me this much, I'm gonna give you something you can't even comprehend. It says, you know, you, you give me that lust, you give me that sin, and, and, and I'm gonna take it from you, but what I'm gonna give you back is I'm gonna give you my joy and I'm gonna give you my peace. Every time we lean on God and we say, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut away these fleshly things, God says, Okay, it's time for me to blow your mind. I'm gonna give you back so much more. So this first day. 2017 this revival the bible tells us very clearly let us come and return to the lord come let us return to him and i want to encourage you right now because there's some of you that are sitting in this room you're feeling guilty you're feeling like yeah there's that ugly thing why are we talking about this right now i'd rather just move on and i want to encourage you right now that this is your opportunity to cut away the old to return to God, to put him first and to start following him into the new promise. So very practically, what I want to ask you to do is when you came in today, you received a three by five card. Does everyone in here have a three by five card? If you're sitting next to someone who doesn't have a three by five card, tear yours in half and give them half of it so that they can participate in this as well. But on this three by five card, I wanna encourage you right now to start writing down those things that God has told you to cut away. And again, I told you, it's not my job to to be your convictor. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But I believe right now, if you'll ask him if you'll say, God, is there anything you don't want me to bring into 2017? Is there anything you don't want me to carry anymore because it's weighing me down? Is there anything that's costing me too much? Is there anything that you just want me to change? And you already know what it is. And as the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, you've known what it is before. You, you, you've stayed in the wilderness because of this issue before. And I wanna encourage you, there's grace here. Write down that thing that you're saying, okay. Okay. I'm leaving this here. It can't go with me into the future. And since since this little thing can't go into the promise that God has for me, I can't hold on to it anymore. I'm done with it. It stays here. It doesn't move forward, so I'm letting go of it so I can move forward. So, what I want to do very practically is I want to ask you as we start worshiping again, I don't want anyone to leave. I want us to all, as a church family, do this together. As we're worshiping again, I want you to take the time that you need to take and ask God, what is it that you want me to leave behind? And then you see that there are trash cans placed around this room. And yes, the trash cans are placed at the front of this house, like an altar where we're saying, you know what, God, I'm going to come and I'm going to lay it at your feet I'm going to throw this in the trash and say no more and I'm going to ask God forgive me for the fact that you've asked me to get rid of that and I've been holding on to it for so long but no more no more I can feel right now that there's a discouragement in this room of some of you going man there, there are some things that like I've tried to let go of Isaiah 61, the Bible says that God has the power. The Spirit comes upon us that to break the captive free. Do you recognize that God wants to break you free of that very thing you thought you have to live your life with? He thought it's, this is the way it's always been. He's going, no, I died to give you freedom from this. Would you just trust me? Would you follow me? So I believe right now, I'm, I'm going to get out of your way for a moment and just let the Holy Spirit work in your life. I believe right now, if you'll allow him and you'll say, okay, I'm going to submit myself to you. I'm going to leave some junk in the past. God will begin to do miracles in your life. There's going to be some time of, of hurting, some time of healing, but there's going to be freedom that comes with this. So I'm going to ask our worship team to start worshiping again, and we're going to sing a song. And as we do this in your own timing, as you feel like you're ready to let go of some things, I want to encourage you to come down and throw it in the trash, symbolically saying, I'm done with this, and I'm going to worship my Lord. I'm repositioning myself to follow Him, not this little piece of trash. You ready to do this with me, church?
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.